Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. Hello and welcome to the latest Word podcast. I'm David Hepworth and I'm joined this week by Rob Fitzpatrick. Hello. And also Matt Hall. Hello. Um, coming out of the producer's booth, actually, to <laughs> help, us, help us this yep. week. Now, listen to this silence, gentlemen. That's the sound of Mark Ellen on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> He's away. <laughs> He's in the Channel Islands, I think. Yeah. And... Uh, in the, in the office this week, it's been spookily quiet. It's been very, and yeah, terribly, terribly quiet. Or strangely, it's quite odd. It's a bit like, even though when there's four or five people in there, there's, like, there's no one in it yes. at all. It's just, it's just this constant babble that you get from Mark Allen. Yeah. It's just this kind of acoustic you know, accompaniment to yeah. absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. Someday, because when he's talking half the time, you just filter it out. And then occasionally you tune in and Ooh. then you filter it out again. But when it's gone, it's... Absolutely. It's quite eerie, actually. So we miss him, don't we? Right? We do, yeah. Well, he'll be back in. He'll be back in due course. So uh, I've obviously had um, ten days uh, swinging in a hammock uh, in France, and I come back to find that you know that uh, icons have been dropping like flies. They have. It's been a bad time. It's been it's been a bad time. Now, obviously, we get the most important one first. Ivor Emmanuel. Ivor Emmanuel, yes, indeed. Ivor Emmanuel. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 Welsh, the Welsh songbird, who I well remember from... Uh, Men of Pollock. From Men Well, I remember him earlier than that from sort of Sunday evening television yeah. as a child, uh, singing hymns. But, of course, most people remember him as... Go on, Rock, tell everybody. Men of Harlech. In what? Uh, Robin Hood. No! <laughs> that was just no. a guess. No, in the film Zulu. Oh, Zulu, yes, of course. When you're allowed to make films like Zulu, yeah, you know, Zulu. without having any kind of pangs of conscience yeah. or anything. <laughs> the, the key moment is, you know, there'd be this appalling slaughter taking place. Yeah. And uh, Ivor Emmanuel, being a redcoat of a Welsh regiment, 
stands up and gives it men of Harlech, doesn't it? And gives it some song. And absolutely everybody joins in. Anyway, I've remembered. Do the Zulus join in? I forget <laughs> that bit. I don't think they do. <laughs> I don't think the Zulus... Kept yet. time with their assignments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. and I don't think they knew the words, you know. They don't like it up and down. Can I ask you, was, was Ivor Emmanuel a stage name or his real name? Uh, do you know, I think it was probably the name of a chapel yeah. that he used to attend <laughs> as a small child. I would imagine. So it makes you think of either the engine and Emmanuel films, doesn't it? Which are two things that don't necessarily go together. It didn't have his name. Strictly speaking, doesn't have the double L and the E on the end That's of true. the uh, Sylvia Crystal <laughs> proto porn, <laughs> though, so, does it? So Rob goes into erotic reverie at this <laughs> yeah. point. We may, may have some difficulty yeah. bringing him back to earth. Uh, of course, also uh, Lee Hazelwood. Lee Hazelwood, yeah. Lee Hazelwood, Indeed. the man who produced Dwayne Eddy. And Dwayne Eddy, the million dollars worth of twang. And, yeah. uh, in, a, in, a, in a corn silo originally, I think, wasn't mm. it? That was how oh, he got the echo. They him in a corn silo. That was how he got the oh. echo. They used to they put they put him and his guitar and an amplifier in a corn silo. That's fantastic. It was an incredible chap, though, Lee Hazelwood. I think the, the thing that was particularly great about him, I think personally, was that he uh, he sort of invented. Well, he didn't invent it, but he sort of, he was one of the first producers that, for, that just got really excited about the about sounds and about how pop records could sound and about the sort of. The sort of uh, the sonic capabilities of, of a seven-inch record, which is quite an exciting thing. Whenever, when, you know, rather than just laying down a song, but going just pushing the elements. Of it. So, in actually in a grain silo, because he, he came from Indiana, didn't yeah. he? somewhere like that, yeah. somewhere out there in the Great Plains, where yeah, bugger yeah, yeah. all happens. Apart from Lee Hazelwood, and of course, and he ended up on all those lists that you find on MySpace nowadays. Yeah, if you go around and look at bands' MySpace pages, kind of. Pale one indie groups. There's always a list of influencers, yeah. isn't there? And who do they always have on the influencers? Lee Hazel. Lee Hazelwood, yeah. Serge Gainsbourg. Serge Gainsbourg, yeah. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Nick Drake. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, Possibly Scott Walker. Scott Walker. Yeah. They prefer people to be dead, actually, yes. to be on those lists. Yeah. But what they're basically saying is, I'm inspired by a lot of strange, bruised individualists. Yeah. That you are not soulful enough. But strange bruised None of which I can actually hold a candle to. No, I think that's <laughs> the phrase. Isn't no. it? I suppose that's true. Yeah. That's but true. also, yeah, he did have some of the finest facial furniture in, he in the history of music. It, it was a tash and a half, wasn't yeah. it? It really was. It was a proper virility passport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here, ladies. But what was, what was the title of the last album that he made? It was called. Completely gone. Something or Cake? Uh, uh, cake or Death. Cake or Death. Cake or Death, inspired by the uh, Eddie Izzard. Routine. Oh, really? Come yeah. <laughs> on. What's, true the, what's the routine? No, true. There's, a, there's a, a Eddie Izzard a whole routine that, ba- that spins around this idea of cake or death. I can't praise it for you because I don't really know it. But mm. I know that that is literally a rock fact. Good it's drawn from there. And so they adopted that as his uh, yes. the name of his album. Yeah. Um, going down the list of the missing, also, uh, yeah. the great Bill Deeds. Yeah, dear Bill. Who finally shuffled off this mortal coil. At the age of how? What was he? Ninety-two. Ninety-four, I think. Yeah. And he just filed his last copy about ten days beforehand. Oh, I tell you, I'm just going to say one thing. The the uh, they had Charles Moore, the editor of uh, the Telegraph, was doing all the telly and radio in the wake of the past buildings, and uh, and he said loads of fulsome in his praise, but he finished with the thing that all journalists should wish to have Mm. chiselled on their tombstone. He said, and everything he did 
was on time <laughs> to length. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to length. To length, yeah. yeah, I, like, I, like, yeah. I like the feeling that the editor of the Daily Telegraph has the same grief as everybody else when somebody's asked to write 500 words and write 5,000. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can you just cut yeah. it? And you just sort place. it out. Yeah. You know. yeah. I'm too close <laughs> to the material. <laughs> I don't think yeah. Bill Deeds ever no. did that. I thought it was brilliant, that story he told us on Radio 4, uh, when he was saying about how on the day that uh, Princess Diana died... Uh, you might remember it, and uh, he he sort of got, he he heard about it, and he got up. He was at home, and he got up at three o'clock in the morning, drove straight to the Daily Telegraph office, did three thousand, five thousand words or something, I think, before anybody else had even got in. Cause yeah. It was like a sun, Sunday morning, and then filed that, and then in the afternoon did another two thousand words for the next day's paper. Oh, yeah, yes. and then that was it. And by three o'clock, well, as you said, all the time with because he actually kind of knew Diana and, and had been up all the time with tears streaming. Yeah, his he was, face, but he was still yeah. banging away. Yeah, he was eighty-four years old. Yeah, so now the question I wanted to answer, Charles, ask Charles Moore was, you know, even in the midst of the Telegraph's glittering Canary Wharf yeah. empire, before the great unpleasantness with Conrad Black, yeah. um, you know, which is the most high-tech newspaper office in the world, mm. surely, surely, Bill Deeds had to be typing on a yeah. stand-up typewriter, didn't he? <laughs> Sit up in bed. I, I can't believe he was on an Amstrad or a. He was probably know, still allowed to smoke as well. I'd like to. With, with a green shade yes. over his eyes. Yeah. Green shade and a stand-up black imperial <laughs> making a clacking noise. <laughs> because actually, in the, in the tributes, they played uh, an old tape of John Wells and Richard Ingram was actually mm. writing. Oh, yeah, dear Bill, yeah, Composing yeah. it in the private eye office. Mm. And the sound of mm. a typewriter. Yeah. Is the most nostalgic yeah. <laughs> sound. It's the thing that's disappeared, you know, because magazine offices used to be just noisy places. The thing that I loved about the. Uh, well, now it's right. all you can hear is just Apple C, Apple V, yeah. as everyone cuts and pastes from Wikipedia. Right? <laughs> 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 well, there you go. There's not even, there's not even a soft tapping of keys in there. <laughs> Um, the thing that I liked about Bill Deeds was the picture, I think it was on the front of The Guardian, with uh, him uh, departing for Abyssinia oh, yeah. in 1932. Yeah, yeah. With um, part, and this was also on, the, on, yeah. on Radio 4, with part of a quarter of a tonne <laughs> of equipment <laughs> yeah. that it was yeah. necessary for a journalist yeah. to go travelling yeah. with, yeah. and to war re- a war reporter a to war go travelling with at that time. He was only about 21 or something like that. He'd never been anywhere. Yeah. So tell you what, laddie, mm. there's a bit of an unpleasantness going on in Africa. You just pop off Tod- there. Toddle off down there. And so he ended up being, uh, you know... Evelyn Wall's model for uh, William Boot. Yeah, also, I like, I like to think that he was also there for at the birth of Rastafarianism. I think so. maybe he was, an, uh, you know, maybe he was up there with reggae, highly selective. That means, yeah. yeah. Jardines, <laughs> society of invalids, not just covered anything like as much as it should be. Highly selective. <laughs> yes, highly delighted. <laughs> uh, but of course, uh, the big name, Tommy Maker. Tommy Maker. <laughs> Yeah. Tommy Maker, you've been looking at my list. <laughs> Tommy Maker, all right, I'm gonna, I know nothing about Tommy Maker apart from that it was the Clancy Brothers yes. and yeah. Tommy, Tommy Maker, yeah. uh, the great Irish traditional folk group, um, who were, well, they're kind of still around in one way or another. Yeah, they? yeah. You know, the yeah, I think biggest, we, we all saw, which one of them was, was it? Liam Clancy yeah. popped up on the Bob Dylan, Martin yeah. Scorsese, yes, did, yeah. and yeah. was richly entertaining. Yeah. He, he looks, do you know what? He doesn't he look oddly like. Uh, Captain Kirk, doesn't he? Uh, what's he called? <laughs> Who's the, what's TJ Hooker. TJ Hooker. <laughs> he does. He's really, really a very odd uh, celebrity lookalike. Anyway, Tommy Maker. All I know about them is that uh, I was intrigued to discover that when they arrived in in New York, you know, mm. dirt poor from Ireland with yeah. no kind of background at all, it was to be actors. Oh yeah, they yeah, just right. turned yeah. up. You know, yeah. you know, somehow got themselves on a boat over there. 
turned up on a wet day at yeah. the docks in the clothes they stood up yeah. in and said, we want to be they, actors. They were all, uh, all I can remember from my parents, Tom, uh, Clancy Brothers records, is they all wore... Aaron's those Aaron sweaters to perform in beards you know sweaters. wherever they performed yeah. on a hot stage under hot lighting yeah. they all wore With Aaron sweaters beard and well yeah. I tell you what if you're, if you're, if you're looking Full at YouTube drink. if you're looking at YouTube while you're listening to this and I know a lot of people do this mm. just go and look up the Clancy Brothers the parting glance oh. 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 and I watched it myself the other night and I don't have a drop of Irish blood in me until <laughs> tears tears <laughs> yeah the other one I can remember the, 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 the one that burns into my mind as a kind of seven year old listening to it was one called The Butcher Boy Mm. which oh. is basically a long song about how a guy slaughters his girlfriend and then hangs himself yeah. it's fantastic yeah. <laughs> gangster rap yes, yes. so anyway Bill Deeds Ivory Emanuel Tommy Makeham Lee Hazelwood but of course yeah. Tony Wilson Tony Wilson mm-hmm. a great deal closer to home yeah. and I was shocked I mean obviously you know we knew he'd been ill he'd yeah. been ill for the last year uh, but I didn't realise his, you know, his state was as fragile as obviously it was. Mm. And um, it's, it struck a bit home to me, actually, because I, uh, about two years ago, I got a call from Audi TV. You get these calls. Who knew there was Audi TV? Well, I did. Yeah. They said, we'll give you some money, and you've got to drive around Manchester in a, in a car with Tony Wilson, interviewing Tony Wilson, uh, in a car fitted out with kind of Top Gear-type cameras. Did you say yes or no? <laughs> I said yes oh, yeah. on the grounds that they paid me some money yeah. and, and I've kind of known Tony Wilson not well mm. but you know since about 1976 mm. and you know I don't know the, the, the secrets of, of the Tony Wilson enigma or how great a part he played in Factory or anything mm. like that but I do know he was never less than utterly entertaining yeah. and engaging company mm. and if you're going to spend a day with anybody driving around you know Tony Wilson was the absolute mm, yeah. ideal person to do that with I remember he used to go to Manchester about 1976 plugging records and uh, he was just dead keen to see me because I was the man who represented Berserkly Records you know and he used to just take me out he'd take me to the bar at the uh, yeah. at Granada where you know the, the cast of Coronation Street were littered around the place in between all the, the normal technicians yeah. And uh, he was um, he was a fantastic guy. But the thing that always struck me was that he was always so partisan about Manchester primarily, mm. rather than almost rather than the music. Yeah. I can remember him going on to me like mad in about 1976 about signing the lead singer of Sad Cafe. Good band. Actually, no, no, hang on a minute. I think it's all right. So, Sad Cafe, who are about as far as you could ever get from the kind of edgy punk, post punk sort of music with which he was associated. (laughs) But he just liked him because he was was a local lad and he stayed in the locality. But he was was supremely local. I was looking at kind of various kind of blogs and memorials Mm. uh, over the last couple of days, and there was a uh, post on one blog from a uh, Liverpudlian. Saying that um, that uh, he used to be so wound up by um, Anthony H. Wilson's mm. partisanship when he was presenting the news for the Northwest <laughs> on television, <laughs> not just Mass, <laughs> yeah. but at a European on the eve of a European Cup final. He act- that Liverpool were in. He actually uh, presented the news wearing an FC Bruges scarf. <laughs> 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 Which I imagine didn't go very, down very well. <laughs> you have the nerve to do that, Carl. There's a very good piece in The Guardian today written by somebody who worked with him, who was a TV producer who worked with him, who said he was the best live TV presenter mm. of his generation. And that if you wanted anybody who could kind of 
you know, referee something yeah. between the kind of Archbishop of Canterbury and Johnny Rotten and, you know, and a drunk, drunk playwright at two o'clock in the morning. Tony was your man. He yeah. could do it, you know, because he didn't need... He didn't need the script. Or wasn't, he the, wasn't he the instigator of uh, the fantastic Peter Cook presenting yeah, Sally Rose? Yeah. And uh, was that the one that the pistols were on, or am I conflating two? Uh, oh, they were on Granada reports, weren't they, or something yeah, like that? I don't that. think they he, were on... to, he, he represented both those programmes, yeah. you know, because yeah. he could always get an act on to Granada reports, mm. which he, was the kind of evening magazine show that he used to be involved in. And that's why all the pluggers used to, you know, desperately pushing bands at. At him because those were in the days when you know there are only about three shows you could get a band on. Well, those were anyway. the days. How many shows are there now you could get a band on? Probably not even three. Oh, um, what a show true? that anybody watches? You mean? <laughs> are there any shows that anybody watches that you can get a band on? Oh, I don't well, know. I don't know. But and anyway, one thought, one pleasant memory that occurred to me this lunchtime, and it came from the depths of the recesses of my memory. And I thought, why did why did I like Tony Wilson so much? Mm. And I realised that, and this is terribly selfish, he was the only bugger who ever went in print when Mark Allen and I were doing the whistle test and ever said anything <laughs> remotely, <laughs> and I mean remotely, yeah. pleasant. That stays uh, with you, though, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. Well, it's, it's just, it yeah. came up from the recess and thought, yeah. dear God, he did. He said, I quite like Ellen and Hepworth. They're supposed to be unassuming, aren't they? <laughs> and that was, let me tell you, yeah. that was a rave review. Yeah. <laughs> all those free Ruby yeah. News records paid off in the end. <laughs> no, he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't be bought at all. And you know, well, it's you know, it's very sad. Very obviously, yeah. very sad for you know for his family and, and and those people close to him. I have to say, he would be laughing heartily today to see himself on the cover of the enemy. Yeah, he would. Yeah, <laughs> he would think that dear God. You really have to. Die. This is what it takes to get onto the cover of the enemy. Fifty-seven-year-old yeah. man, you know, now yeah. officially yeah. regarded as legend. Two months ago, forget about it. Oh, oh yeah, you know, because it's, it's we were discussing this before we started recording, weren't we? That, that there are certain individuals, you know, they're great talkers, they're, yeah. you know, great propagandist, uh, and and Teddy Wilson's one of them, and I suppose Alan McGee's another one, mm. you know, from creation. Yeah. And going back further, there's. There's Andrew Lou Goldham yeah. in the sixties. You know, they're all they're fantastic bullshit artists, aren't yeah. they? And they're very passionate about music and they have one big, huge phenomenon yeah. they get involved with. And the rest of the life is trying to get it back, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well to be fair to Wilson, he did actually have two, didn't he? If you Go if on. you regard Joy Division and New Order as one and the whole kind of happy Mondays thing. I suppose so. As yeah. another. So he did actually kinda of, he had a second chance. But the, the interesting thing I think about it is when you think about the uh, the, the kind of the really big or the big Manchester artists that he didn't actually yeah. sign, you know, the forever. Yeah, he hated Morrissey, didn't he? Yeah, I think. Yeah. He did. Why did he hate Morrissey? It's probably some really arcane Manchester reason. Well, he's that a Manchester City man, you know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> is it something to do with a Bruges scarf? Yeah, <laughs> Andrew Wilson was always. Um, it was always. I was remember people getting upset about him saying that you know when uh, Ian Curtis died. That you know, nothing sells like death, and it made me think of that when I was reading that the doc, brilliant Doc Pomus book recently. Oh, was that a good book? It's really, really, really. I recommend it very highly. Oh, I love uh, that. It's an absolutely fantastic book, and there's a bit in it where Doc Pomus has been a, a huge success, and then has had a, ten years of just almost nothing, and is really on his on his ass. 
And uh, he'd written some. He'd written, yeah, he was so in a wheelchair. So speak, yeah, well, he was on, on, on his uh, on his crutches, <laughs> on his fairly substantial art. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> you're long dead now. You don't mind. But uh, he'd written a couple of songs for Elvis. He co-wrote sort of Viva Las Vegas and um, Mess of Blues and things like that. And when he heard that Elvis died, uh, he said to his wife, well, that's the end of the Elvis money, thinking that was really the only thing that was keeping us going. And <laughs> that then, was the beginning. And then, yeah, exactly. And that was the beginning of this, just this tidal wave of cash. And it just sort of made me think of that thing of how, in a relatively short space of time, the idea that an d- artist dies is the end of their money, whereas now uh, the, the, that idea of sort of memorial and artistry and that actually when someone dies, it's, it's just it's the, the beginning. beginning. It's the beginning of the This is what we were saying. We were talking weren't we, the other week about, you know, the rights to c- the Kurt Cobain catalogue yeah. was sold on to that mm. huge, great investment well, thing is, yeah. for an absolute fortune. Yeah. If they were still kicking around... No, the thing is, yeah. well, if you look at the biggest earners in entertainment, not yeah. just in music, yeah. you know... It's kind of, I think it's a toss up between Sinatra, Presley, and Cobain as to mm. kind of which is in the top three. Lennon, of course. Yeah. But actually, actors don't, they don't earn more. Their estate doesn't earn more when they die. They might right. sell more DVDs, but the yeah. cash goes straight to the studios. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, writers don't really, they might have a little blip, but yeah. it doesn't go on and on. Mm. But who are the people who have the posters on their wall? Yeah. The anthologies released it's every like, clockwork. Yeah. There's always an anniversary. Coming up, I mean, you know, we've just had the Elvis one as well. Yeah. It's just like it yeah. never ends. And the Elvis, you just have to keep reminding yourself, don't you? How long is it since Elvis? Thirty, 30 years. years. Thirty years. So you know, he, as an entertainment property, he's been dead longer than he was alive. Mm. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. 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 Ten years more than he was actually an artist for. Really. Um, and you know, it, it's it sort of keeps on getting bigger. Yeah. It's, yeah. I know. It's, it's, Sort of mad, really, isn't it? The kind of crazy thing is that you know that, that the people who actually experienced the Elvis phenomenon when they were alive, when he was alive in real time, yeah. are slowly now dying. Dying, yeah. yeah. But it's regenerate that that audience. It's going to be like kind of twenty, 20 years time. There'll be nobody who's actually who actually saw Presley, even went to see one of his films. Yeah. Or bought the yeah, records yeah. when they were first released. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's the big divide. Actually, mm. is that you you tend to uh, people like I'm old enough to remember you know, Elvis Presley as a as a going concern, and I get very resentful about the way people adore this kind of Vegas Elvis. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They, that when Elvis impersonators come along, mm. they impersonate this mad, yeah, 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 cartoon, yeah. and they. You know, with the car arts yeah, yeah, yeah. and the big belt and all yeah. that, you know, which just seems very unfitting to me. Yeah, yeah it's a sort of tranny yeah. aspect, isn't yeah. it? Like, there's only one type of woman for a transvestite, and there's only one type of Elvis for an but Elvis. It's, yeah, but come on, look at it realistically, it's a lot easier for a, a slightly unfit 45 year old woman to get into a jump <laughs> suit than it is to get into a pair of skin tight train bright. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, we're talking about Tony Wilson, I've just been reading yesterday was his, his funeral. Yeah. I don't doubt there'll be a memorial service open to the public mm. in, in in due course. But the details of the funeral just it, it just struck me that, that we're now starting to see rock and roll funerals. Yeah. And I suppose Michael Hutchinson's funeral was the first of these that I I really remember. Is that Sydney Cathedral? I think it could well have been. Mm. And and the mourners seemed to be they were entirely wearing sunglasses, obviously because that's Sydney. Yeah. yeah. But. Tony Wilson's funeral was in Manchester yesterday, and I don't think the sun was cracking the flags in, no, in Manchester. No, but they were also wearing sunglasses. Mm. And the women, that might have been, you know, from 
Well, it could. Yeah, yeah I understand. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, but uh, the women, as they pointed out in the paper, were wearing very perilously high heels and, and quite chic, you know, black frocks. Yeah. And the, the, um, there was security on the door, which I suppose is kind of understandable because the, fa- club, the family wanted to keep... You know, yeah. it was supposed to be a family and yeah. personal acquaintances, which is fair, obviously. Yep. Was it the Cheatham Hill or the Moss Side Mall <laughs> that were doing the security? <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, the key, the key detail for me was that admittance was by a green perspex. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, Fantastic. That, that somebody in a few days, well, I suppose it's a week yeah. or so since he died, it turned eBay. round. These, yes, they were on eBay. One's going to turn up on eBay, Back, sure. Tony, Tony was, would again be laughing yeah, at like, the yeah. notion... The tickets to I wonder funeral. whether those have a factory catalogue number. Well, apparently, I think there was. Um, wasn't there a Fac Fifty One on a on a on a, on, on a, on a bouquet or a, or a? There was something, wasn't there? Somebody was saying. Somebody, somebody did suggest that um, that they should that his death should have a factory catalogue number. Which is, you know, given given what did get have a factory catalogue number, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. Once again, he'd have, he'd have, he'd have quite yeah. appreciated. Oh, that. he would undoubtedly have appreciated. Nobody would have appreciated it more. Um, but obviously, the rock and roll memorial service yeah. is going to be a growth phenomenon, isn't it? Mm. As these people obviously get to that point. Now, Tony was you know, relatively young. But did yeah. that happen to, to George Harrison, for instance, as the kind of, you know, uh, did he have a, I don't think he did, did he? No. Well, there was a memorial concert, wasn't there, yeah. in the Albert yeah. Hall, which Slightly was a very wonderful yeah. concert, actually, yeah. on a fantastic DVD. Yeah, it is good. Uh, which uh, closes with Joe Brown playing the ukulele, and, uh, God, what's he singing? I is it, um, the tune is. They did, uh, we does something... And he does something else as well. So. Oh, dream. oh, I can't remember. It's some ancient tune. Yeah. And they dream a little dream of me. Dream a little dream of me. But no, generally speaking, do you think there you haven't been many of those? And what's going to happen is, you see, there have been memorial services tended to be for literary figures, haven't mm. they, or political figures? Mm. And I think this is going to transfer. Do you think it's the sort of Dianaization? Mm. Second time she's, I've mentioned her, mm. obviously on my mind a lot. Um, <laughs> clearly, still on my mind. I feel like Elvis, but um, always. is it always suspicious? And <laughs> uh, no, do you think it's the sort of Dianaization of no, death? Is it that sort of you know, unless you've got Elton John in a pair of sunglasses weeping at a piano? You no, know, that's a funeral. That's a funeral, and that's a different. That's thing. true. Actually. Is it? Is yeah. it just that you know, generations we are now of musicians are the writers and poets well, of, of, the, of, you know, and the royalty? In which case, can we write to the uh, Archbishop? Of uh, Westminster, well, Bishop, Archbishop of Westminster, yeah. yeah, and as for a rocker's corner, maybe just oh, opposite the Westminster Abbey. Yeah. Now there's a thought. That's one for the readers. That I is. Think so. If there was to be rocker's <laughs> corner, <laughs> they have to die in first. Westminster <laughs> Abbey. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So we've got yeah. the poets over there. We've yeah. got the scientists over there. We've got the religious we, readers over there. Presumably, it has to be a limited space. Yes. So who gets in? Oh. oh. How many Ooh. spaces are there? Are there ten? Or are there well, they're, 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 can, they're running out of space, I'm sure, you know, because the Victorians come and roll them. They cracked them out. Everybody written half a poem, half a liberic. Dan Lino gets a whole more. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say you had ten. Let's say you had ten, yeah. Ooh. Do you want to have a go? Already, oh, dead, already dead, or the ones that look like, like you know, Pete Doherty oh, could be in there next week. <laughs> well, he not. He wouldn't have my vote. No, no, neither. No, I think we're going to leave that open to the. Uh, yeah. 
to the listeners, actually. Yeah. To, uh, oh, well, by talking to the listeners, we should mention, while Matt's here, uh, we've got a Facebook... Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. Haven't we? Yep. For Word Podcast. Tell everybody yep. how that works. Uh, it's just another way for uh, the, you, the fantastic listeners of this uh, shambles, to uh, to interact with us and each other, which is a good thing as well. It is. So, uh, yeah, there's the uh, the Word website and there is the Facebook group and you can join it and we email so, out so things. You just, and, yeah, you search on a Word Podcast. Word Podcast and on Facebook. It's, uh, and join up and be a friend. Please yeah. do. Don't yeah. be a stranger. <laughs> don't and you, could, a stranger. you could Twitter us. No. I don't understand. I don't no. understand Twitter. I don't. You, you've that, got way too much time <laughs> on your hands yeah, if you yeah, Twitter yeah. us. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, Rock and Roll Memorial Services. That, that, I, I tell you what mm. you've got to read. Mm. If you want to know about memorial services, have you read that Alan Bennett story, The Laying On of Hands? No. Because Alan Bennett is the world's expert on memorial services. Because <laughs> everybody he's ever worked with, and he's worked with a lot of people, you know, Alec Guinness, Peter Cook, da 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 da, they all shuffled yeah, off yeah. this mortal scene. Yeah. And Alan's gone along. And as he points out in, the, in this book, he says, well, they're more fun than the few. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, uh, and he's very often asked to speak. Yeah. And the laying on of hands... Because I imagine he's a good turn. That's an oh, oh, yeah. Well, they can very... The no, Alan Bennett did, famously did Russell Harty's. Mm. And it's one of the great orations. He's, he, he turns down an overwhelming majority of, the, yeah. of offers that he gets to speak <laughs> at memorial services. But anyway, he talks in this, in this book about this, about being at a memorial service and being of the generation who can sing the hymns without looking at oh, the yeah. words. This is, we, all, we all stand there, we hold the hymn book yeah. down there, ostentatiously not looking at it, <laughs> and we look around and we catch the gaze of the other five blokes of a certain age. In the church, you can all are all doing the same thing. I'd rather look down on absolutely everybody else. <laughs> the Word, a magazine, a website, a podcast, a way of life. So, uh, this is a Word magazine uh, podcast. If you want to know anything about the magazine, wordmagazine.co.uk. Mm. I've got. We, we started talking about lists in the office right, uh, yesterday, didn't we? We did. And uh, we were talking about crap groups that yes. we like. Crap groups that we like. And good groups that we, that we don't. don't <laughs> That's the simplest way <laughs> yeah. to do it. Yeah. I'm glad you've done it. Yeah. I'm glad you've done it like that. Mm. Okay, you're going to give me a crap group that you like. I like loads of crap groups. <laughs> and there's loads of good groups I can't stand. <laughs> so, for, uh, I, mean, I was just trying to make a list up earlier of crap groups. The thing is, as soon as you start saying crap groups you like, then I think, well, they're not really crap groups. I mean, the cult... Lots of people hate them, lots of people think they're rubbish. I think they're great. <laughs> Populate itself, literally one of the crappiest groups of all time. Great. I like them so, very much. So, so what's I crap like, about them then? Well, Populate itself, well, I mean, if you wanted to argue the other way, you could it'd go... It'd be easy. Yeah, it'd be easy. They look stupid, they're sort of sensationalist, they sort of, back, you know, kind of... They leap, are a dog. Leap, they've on gone a into their own back. On a, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... But, but they had a pro- ultimately, their really production uh, moniker was... Vest and pants. Vest and pants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I mean, vilified at the time, though no, at least not by me. Uh, slow dive. Lots of people think they're one of the worst bands ever. I think they're fantastic. I love them dearly. Um, Motorhead. Loads of people can't stand Motorhead. I think they're brilliant. So it's okay. It's kind of lumpy, gauche, very often noisy. Yeah, but just uh, yeah, lots blokey. of. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Not... I've, got, I've got a bit of similar actually. Yeah. I was trying to think of a crap group that I really like. Yeah, I went to see loads of times. Mm. God, I'm old. 
humble pie. Right. <laughs> humble pie. So desperately wanted uh. to be the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. It was absolutely painful. Mm. They indulged in the worst kind of blackface pantomime you've ever heard in your yeah. life. You know, it was so derivative, so clanky. But God, I used to love them. Yeah. And I, you know, I used to desperately want to be a member of Humble Pie. So they're hard. <laughs> the great and it, it, it's a bit like the Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers are shit. Yeah. But good name. Kind of quite, <laughs> Good night. Is, is, is it a drugs reference, for chance? <laughs> <laughs> another group, another group, um, crap group that I like. I like. I really like the idea of the Grateful Dead. Oh, right. But right. the actuality of the Grateful Dead yeah. never comes up to the idea of it because no. they couldn't sing. Yeah, you know, and they. They sort of couldn't play. Yeah, other than that. And, and, they, they, were, and they went on for weeks. And apart from Bob Weir, criminally ugly. <laughs> but, uh, Bob Weir, very, very handsome man. Very handsome man. Very, very handsome But you know, man. just to jut in just for a moment, three of Grateful Dead and Humble Pie lead me to another strain that I was talking to, to Matt about briefly, was famous groups you've never actually heard. I'll go on, No, I don't think I've ever heard a Humble Pie track in my life. Mm, I don't know. Grateful Not Dead, I probably have heard it, I don't remember ever hearing anything. No, you, you, you yeah. could get through life, because Grateful Dead never played on the radio. No. You could easily get through life without ever hearing the Grateful Dead without... I'm not sure I've ever heard a Jethro Tull track. So, crap groups that we like... Oh, yeah. I'm going to give you good groups that I've decided I don't like. Oh, yeah, I've got a few of these. Go on, then. I don't like the Scissor Sisters. Oh yeah, you see, but I don't like them either. I think they're awful, but I wouldn't even, I wouldn't put them in good groups. They, 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 they do add to the gaiety of nations. They I, do. I'd the say, gaiety is the key. Yeah. I'd <laughs> say radio, radio, no, radio. You can be radio. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Radio. Good group. I, hate I can't stand them. I hate them. Literally can't stand them. Oh, well, you see, my problem with Radiohead, I go ten percent of this. I really like. Fake plastic tunes. tunes yeah. I really like. Fake plastic tunes. The rest. Yeah. I just I've not got the patience to listen to your squeaks and screeches yeah. and your interesting experiments. Yeah. To come back when you've Write a song. My general song. my general take on it as well, you've got a gotch eye, get over it. <laughs> I think that's 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 yeah. where it all comes from. So yeah. good groups that I like. Sisters sisters. Yeah. The Arctic Monkeys. Don't like oh, the Arctic Monkeys. Don't like I don't like him because he sings in Yorkshire. I come from Yorkshire. You're yeah, not uh, supposed to I sing sort of I sort of would like to not like them, but I can't help it. I just do. Uh, my nature would be to dislike them by rote, but I do actually like them. Oh, well, I'm going to go back and try again then if you say that. No, no I like All right, good groups I don't like. Legendary groups that yeah. people go mad about. Legendary groups. Love. Oh, yeah, not that bad about Every ten years, I'm going to buy a copy of Forever Changes. Couldn't give a monkey. I'm going to try the whole of it again. Not alone again, or just as a kind of nice little yeah, but so well. I just think, how mimsy do you sound? Yeah, and presumably we've got. Can I just go back to kind of? Can we raise the bar? It's not just a group who's got who's had one album out. So it can't just be the I gossip. Could, or I something. could raise you. I could oh. raise you a few bars. I'm. I'm going to drop Led Zeppelin into the conversation. You don't like Led Zeppelin. Don't like Led Zeppelin. I'm leaving. Never liked them. <laughs> I'm going now. Never I'm liked them. Never I'm liked them. Never liked them. Not in the slightest bit. Don't like them at all. Couldn't. You not, don't like Cashmere. Not bothered about. You don't like Trampled Underfoot. Come really on. not interested in the slightest. All human beings like Trampled. You don't even like. No. Nothing. The Hammer of the Gods, which makes. Oh, yeah. I quite like the book. Yeah. Well, see, you know, I like the sex. I like the book. The fish. I like the sex and the drugs part. It's just the rock and roll I didn't want to do. No, don't like the Clash. 
not bothered about the Clash. No, I... I Do you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Could the Monkeys about the Clash. The Clash, I can... The Clash are one of those groups that... It's a generational thing. Mm. It's interesting, the number of people on the word website, mm. actually, who say, what do you like? The Clash. Yeah. People just like it as if... Yeah, if, yeah that's if it. That's, instead of music, yeah. I like The Clash. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I have great difficulty with that. Yeah. So I think well, The Clash were very narrow. Yeah. I think The Clash <laughs> is something like The Jam, in that there's a certain sector of society who just got into... I, an artist. I think and like you say, don't bother with the, the rest clash of the music. The Clash are the jam for clever people, aren't they? Really? Yeah, okay. I'll buy that one. I, think the clash I do like the Clash, I have to say. Yeah, that's because right. you're a clever person. <laughs> but I think also, it's, the Clash are a bit like that sort of Bob Dylan thing. Yeah, yeah I like them. Because they're just sort of, they're set they in stone what something. they are. They represent something. They are, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's an important point there, actually. Because it's, it's, seriously, it's one of the things that very often talked about with, with Word, mm. about people who go on the cover. Yeah. Is that whether you like them or not, you accept that they stand for something. Mm. Yeah. And the Clash, most people feel that way about, like they do about Bob Dylan, whether yeah. they like Bob Dylan or yeah. they don't. They don't dispute yeah. his well, value. You know. Mm. Where does Beefheart fit into this? Because I've done that. Oh. I've, I've done the Trout Mask replica. Re- so do you start with Trout Mask replica? Yeah. Bad thing to I've started three times with, like oh, you. Bought, yeah, sold, bought, oh. sold, bought, yeah. sold. No, I can do. You should have come to me and say, I'm, 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 I'm the old man of the hills here. I want to be, you know, P.G. Woodhouse, the oldest member, is the guy who sits on the porch of the golf yeah. club and gives advice to young golfers. <laughs> I want to occupy that same position with yeah. regards to pop music. Yeah. So if you come to me and say, Captain Beefheart, should I bother? Should I, shouldn't I, yeah. I would say, okay, this is what you do. You go and buy Clear Spot. Yeah. Okay? And if you like Clear Spot... You then go and buy Safer's Milk. Mm. And if you like Safer's Milk, you then tiptoe towards uh, Spotlight Kid or something. And if you like absolutely all of those, you then go and listen to Dachau Blues or uh, whatever, Moonlight on Vermont off Trampless Replica. And if you're absolutely besotted with that, go a bit further. You know? <laughs> yeah. But if you start getting outside the board, don't time. come back to me yeah, for any yeah, help, yeah. because I didn't tell you to go there. I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for that, should I or shouldn't I? I yes. think there could be another strain on the uh, on the website, maybe. If people could nominate artists. They don't nominate artists, they sort of think that maybe they should like, or they've never heard, like the one, you know, some of the ones I mentioned. You know, uh, uh, bands that you think you should like. Replacements. I don't think I've ever heard a replacement track in my life. Oh, you never heard of Alex Chilton? Oh, yeah, no, I mean... Oh, I mean, a great song. I mean, uh, Big Star, I love. No, I mean... But, yeah, no, I know, but the, but the replacements, as even from that, don't think I've ever heard. So no. maybe I could, could tell you this, should I or shouldn't I? You could nominate bands, and then, you know, the Oracle from above... Says one song. Says, yeah, it tells you you should go... And, and if you really like this, yeah, go Because people can recommend them to each other. You see, I think the stu- most stupid thing is if you want to get into the replacements is just going and buying an album. Because that's dumb. Because yeah. you're going to end up with some terrible... But also, record. I don't think... I, just not, I don't, I don't really <laughs> want to go and get into anything else. You know what I mean? I haven't got time to get into anything else. I just think... Am I missing out here? Should I have? I don't want to go and buy like a load of albums and go. Oh, I'm really into the replacements now. Thinking, is should, what should I listen to that says? Oh, you like the replacements or not? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Alex Chilton. Ten years ago, I was working with this guy who decided, much younger than me, he decided. I think I ought to like the Beatles. Yeah. And he went. <laughs> yeah. he, he said yeah. to me, "I bought a Beatles record and I don't like it." <laughs> and I thought, yeah. I was thinking about it. How can you buy a Beatles record and not like it? Yeah. I know. I know which one you bought. Yeah. <laughs> and I said. Did you buy Let It Be? Oh, yeah. He said, yes. I said, did you buy it? Because they kind of look like Oasis on the cover. He goes, yeah. Mm. And so you, you've done the dumbest thing you could possibly <laughs> do, rather than going to buy Revolver or yeah. Hard Day's Night or something else. 
So, any more good groups we don't like? Uh, yes, um, White Stripes. Ah, oh, I'm with you. Yeah. Not bothered about White Stripes. It's not allowed to have a group without a bass player. It's just not allowed. It's just. I guess. The Traps. They didn't have a bass player. Well, well, well I don't know. Really yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't get the White Stripes. Frank Zappa, I mean, but that's a bit, I don't know. Oh, Frank Zappa. But that's, you're not meant to like Frank Zappa, are you? It's, it's an enduring... Frank Zappa, come to me, you know, I'll be, I'll be rocking away on the golf club porch. Yeah. Come and yeah. say to me, oldest man yeah. about Frank Zappa, what should I do? And yeah. I'll say, hot rats. Yeah. Okay, and then come back when you've yeah. decided how you feel about But, you know, it's not, but it's, you know, Frank Zappa doesn't really count as it because you're not really meant to like Frank Zappa. I mean, it's just, it's just there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bell and Sebastian, absolutely can't stand, I cannot abide them. <laughs> I literally want to fall over and die whenever I hear them, even hear their name. They're the, they're the most defeat noise ever made by a pop group, aren't they? Yes. They're, you know, somebody found a button on the desk that would <laughs> yeah. be previously hidden. They just kind of cranked it up to 11. Yeah. Sorry, boys, you're sounding too fizzy and punchy. Can yeah. you just, just push it down and down a little? Yeah, take it yeah. back to the library. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. So I think I'm going, to, I'm going to throw that over to people on the side. Yeah. Wordmagazine.co.uk. And you can, you can throw that in. The Word, a magazine, a website, a podcast, a way of life. Now, at this point in the program, we said this was going to be a short one. We talked I know. Uh, it's customary to have the, the horror, the hoary old rock anecdote, mm. and, uh, and this week it falls to me to share with the nation, for those who haven't already heard it, the story of, uh, of George Jones, the country singer. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. And, oh. <laughs> Settles back in chair, lights up cigar, <laughs> orders extra brandy. Well, funny you should say brandy because George, you know, liked to drink. Yes, he, he certainly did. He was never one to turn one down. No. He used to wake in the morning and reach over, and what was on the bedside table? What the brandy? A screwdriver. <laughs> right. a screwdriver, which is what is it? Vodka and orange. Vodka and orange. Juice. Yeah, yeah. Vodka and orange juice. He obviously liked that because he had a kind of palate cleansing mm. you know, quality to it. Health he felt it was, it was a light toothpaste. Yeah. You know, he, some people have fresh orange juice. No, I'm going to have the same thing, but we're vodka in it. So he has that, and then he slowly kind of comes around and then embarks on the rest of the day when he just drinks bourbon throughout the day. Mm. You know. And this is, I suppose, back in the late 60s and early 70s. When he was married to... Well, this is an interesting point, because I'm going to come to this. Okay. Because he was married... This is his second wife, who was called... Um, I think called Shirley. Mm. Called Shirley. And they lived in a place about eight miles outside of Nashville. And if George, you know, could, he would get hold of drink. She tried hiding stuff away, you know, not allowing drink in the house. But she'd occasionally have to go out, do the shopping or... Yeah get the kids from school and if George was given any excuse yeah. he'd be in the car down the liquor store in a crate of bourbon back there half pissed by the time she got back so we've all been there though haven't we we've all been there <laughs> let's be honest wife pops out to the post office comes back you've had half a bottle of alcohol yeah. who just hang out 11 o'clock in the morning and have wet yourself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that only happened once man. so on one occasion Shirley decides that she's going to avoid this uh, eventuality by finding the keys to all their many vehicles. Mm. And of course, being a country music superstar, he had many vehicles across his huge ranch-style house. 
you know, there'd be there'd be jeeps, and there'd be limos, and there'd be don't forget a pickup. There must have been a pickup. There must have been many yeah. pickups. There must have been something with with horns on yeah, the front yeah. and a gun rack on the back. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been a Dukes of Hazard car yeah. that where the doors didn't yeah. open that you had to leap in. Uh, but anyway, she hid all of the keys, and George got up. Had his, when he looked around for his screwdriver, wasn't there, oh, went around the house. Bad moment. No drink at all. Looks out, there's all the vehicles, looks, now that we've got the keys in. And he's staring at the terrible adventure, you know, possibility that he might have to go through the rest of the day without a drink. He's eight miles away from civilization. Eight and miles dry. Eight miles dry. <laughs> and he looks out the window. And his eye alights upon, under, a, under an awning, <laughs> under a cover, he can just about make out the wheels of their ride-on motor mower. Oh, I love his work. <laughs> <laughs> and he thinks, possibly. And he goes over and he lifts the cover, and sure enough, the keys <laughs> are just dangling in the I can hear their sweet jingle jangle. (laughs) (laughs) And George thinks, what's the the average speed of this vehicle? (laughs) Five miles an hour. (laughs) How far away is the liquor store? (laughs) Eight miles. Thinks, never mind. He takes, he drives it off the property. He goes down the public highway (laughs) on a ride on motor mower. It took him an hour and a half to get to the liquor store but he got there uh, and he purchased his liquor <laughs> and took it home so that's that's George Jones Beautiful. and I like the idea I, I kind of see him as a as a, a kind of Mr. Toad it's <laughs> <laughs> slow-mo Mr. Yes. Toad <laughs> the story you know we talk about these things as sort of rock and roll apocrypha that story is, is such a classic that it, in George Jones's book about his life he says it was Rita who hid the keys. Mm. In Tammy Wynette, his next wife's autobiography, she says it was her. <laughs> she tells exactly yeah. the same story. Five years later, yeah, he's clearly one of them just read it, you know, somewhere. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's George Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Love what a George. legend. He doesn't drink anymore. But have you, I don't know if you, I've got, I've actually got one of his most recent albums called It Don't Get Better Than This, <laughs> on which, the cover of which George Jones is sat there. And if ever a man had bleached himself with alcohol, mm. he's white from top to toe. His hair, his eyes, his skin. He's extraordinary. He's, he's like, he looks like a photographic negative. And the lyrics of one of his, uh, one of his songs was, uh, back in the drinking days, with the blood from my body, I could start my own still. <laughs> <laughs> it's a proud uh, boast. Well, uh, thanks very much, gentlemen. Uh, to, thanks to Matt Hall. And Ross with Fitzpatrick. Thank you very much. I, I have been and remained David Hepworth. And um, is Mr. Uh, Allen back next week? Mr. Allen may well be back with his with his shrimp net <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and his rich uh, his, his rich island town. We we'll look forward to that. If you want to know anything more about the magazine, wordmagazine.co.uk. This podcast was brought to you by the Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.